How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into a very special episode of Suncast. As always, my name is Reagan Harrell. Why is this a special episode, you may ask? Well, go look outside your window. Go take a look outside, ladies and gentlemen. It is truly the most wonderful day of the year. That is correct. It is opening day for Sun Conference Baseball. Rejoice. The wait is over. It's been a long few months. I think we're at about 270, no, about two, not, not that long, but about 245 days, about 270 days since we've had baseball directly here in Babson Park for Weber, where, of course, I will be on the call tomorrow night. Weber, Warner, Warner receiving votes just outside the top 25. Weber, number nine, nine, the ninth ranked team in the NAIA entering the season. <sighs> Look. For those of you who have just started following or weren't following during baseball season last year, you're in for a treat. Look, I love soccer. I love covering soccer, basketball, all the other sports. It's awesome. Baseball's my wheelhouse, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing I love more, and there's nothing better in the Sun Conference besides maybe tennis, which we'll get into that after this episode and how good tennis is. And also, shout out Kaiser Women's Tennis beating the number one team in Division II tennis, Barry College. But this episode is baseball. This episode is a preview for the Sun Conference in 2023. And we hear from Southeastern head coach Adrian Dinkle coming off of their incredible 59-4 and World Series winning year in 2022 had a great interview with coach dinkle uh thought a little bit about how we would how we would do this if we would do the preview and then the interview but i got a feeling there's a lot of y'all here who uh this may be the first time you've tuned into the podcast and a big reason for that is because you want to hear from the big man coach dinkle over in lakeland florida so gonna let y'all know uh coach dinkle he, he, he was a little bit further away from the mic than i realized during the interview uh, still turned out great. It was a great interview. You can hear a little bit of background uh, noise. I had to pick up a little bit lower frequency than usual, but still great interview with Coach Dinkle. And so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and kick it over to myself and Coach Dinkle, and then I will have the full preview for the Sun Conference af after uh, that interview with Coach. So, without further ado, here is myself and Southeastern Fire baseball coach Adrian Dinkle. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. It is four-time Sun Conference Tournament champion, three-time Sun Conference Coach of the Year, and two-time NAIA Baseball World Series champion, Southeastern Fire head coach Adrian Dinkle. Coach, appreciate you coming out, man. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. Coach, I know we're on to 2023. I know we're on to this season and wanting – to, to build off of last year's success, but we've got to talk about last year's Southeastern Fire team, 59-4 and four World Series champs, incredible moments in Lewiston and all throughout the season, just total dominance from y'all here in Lakeland, Florida. What was it about that group that made it so special? I think it was just a group that paid attention to the details. Um, they, they weren't afraid to go out and, and put teams away. And we had a running joke with them last year. I called them soft all, all year. Um, but at the end of the day, those guys find it a way to just kind of step on people when they needed to. But that group did an unbelievable job making sure that they, they paid attention to all the little things along the way. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest thing with baseball is you can have a bunch of power guys that just go out yeah. there and, and hit, hit, hit home runs all day, which y'all had y'all's fair share of that as well. But y'all did the little things right, and that was obviously a, a big reason for that. 
I mean, looking back at last year's an incredible season, but the, the main part of it was obviously what happened in Lewiston, the 6 nothing comeback against GGC, the bottom of the ninth, last strike, last out, Gary Laura goes and slaps one into right field, and, you know, everything that happened. You know, other than it finally being over and being able to hoist the red banner, you know, what were some of your favorite moments up in Lewiston? being over like you said that was number one I think just the ride with those guys I think that we had a special group of guys where I just enjoyed being around them where we felt like our best players were our best leaders uh, and that doesn't happen very often we've been doing this for a long time that's one of the few teams we've ever had it but I think just watching the excitement those guys had every inning of every game it was just kind of fun to be around and watch them kind of get after it and you talked about your veteran leaders and some of your best players were able to lead that yeah. team. Uh, some of, you have some guys coming back, but you know a lot of those guys like Brian Fuentes, Drew Gillespie, they're no longer uh, in Lakeland. Uh, I know you want to keep the cards a little bit closer to your chest, but could you tell us about maybe some of those new faces we could see stepping up this year? Well, there's a, hopefully there's a lot of them, right? There's right. lots we need to replace. But you, you, for the new guys, I mean, there you've got Adonis Javier, I think is a guy that – He'll probably uh, man up third base for us majority of the year. Obviously, had to continue to compete, but he's a guy we feel like is going to do a good job for us. And Pablo Lanzarada, David Castillo behind the plate are two new catchers mm -hmm. that we feel like could come in and kind of got to take on that leadership role. And there's multiple other guys. And then we got Nick Block in the outfield, Josh Pagozo. There's a lot of good players. I don't want to leave anybody out, but right. we, li we like the guys that we have completely different than in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested to see how they mold and and what they do moving forward. I heard y'all are going to have a lot more speed in the outfield. What can we see from like some of the gloves out there this year? We're more athletic. Um, I think we move a little bit better. I don't know if that means we're as good of baseball players <laughs> um, or as clutch. I think we definitely move better. Uh, we'll figure out if that continues to take us in the right direction. But, yeah, I think it's, it's different than we've ever been, right? Um, right. Usually we just kind of got guys that can sit back, relax, and hit the ball out of the yard, and we'll go pitch it and punch out our guys. We're not built that way. It's going to be completely different. i got to change the way I do some things. You talked about you know them being clutch and clutch baseball players. There was plenty of that last year. Was there ever like any moment at any point last year, in, I guess up in Lewis, you know, down 6 nothing or down to your last strike against Tennessee Westland, was there ever any doubt? It was like, hey, we know what we can do. We can, we're going to come back. Like, was there ever any doubt? No, I think the the rest of the country's seen it in the World Series that <laughs> yeah. we would win at the end of it, but they don't. That was just the, you know the tip of the iceberg. A lot of people didn't see that during the year. We kind of did that all year long. Yeah, y'all just kind of yeah. how we were built. So we never felt like we were out of a game. But that comes when you have people like Abdo Guadalupe, <laughs> Sam Faith. Those guys were just those type of players. I don't think people realize how clutch Sam Faith actually was. No. Anytime we needed a big hit in three years, he found a way to get a big hit in three years and. Guadalupe was the bigger the stage, the bigger the player. He's been that way, and we had him for those three years. And so I don't think it was a surprise. I think it was just kind of the buildup for us that we kind of had expected that to happen. I wish we wouldn't have done it, a heart attack, but it was great to watch us do it that way. Yeah, without a heart attack. I, I had a couple during that World yeah. Series. I can't imagine what it was for you. But one of the guys you, you talked about was Guada. And i got to tell this story real quick for the people listening who didn't know how clutch Southeastern was and coming back. Well, I believe they – I know they did it twice, I believe three times for Weber uh, while, while I was on the call. And the one that really stuck out to me was we were up 9-5. to five. I think we were – it was like the fifth, sixth inning. I was like – Okay, holy cow! We might actually we might actually get this one. And the final score for that one, ladies and gentlemen, was twenty to ten, Southeastern. <laughs> and I remember that when it got broken open, Guada. I was looking down at my notes, and I just hear uh, the loudest clang I heard all year. And I just look up, and I see that ball going about two thirds up the left center field, 
a, a light pole, and I was like, ladies and gentlemen, that is a high fly drive to left center field, and I say as a joke sometimes, but that one is quite literally in the lake here in Babson Park. I mean, just y'all's ability to do that and be clutch. Uh, y'all do have, you do, you do have a lot of, a few guys coming back at least, you know, Cullen, Laura, uh, Rob at the top of that pitching staff. What are you going to need from those guys? Are you those veteran leaders coming back, a new group, higher expectations? What, what do you need from those veteran guys to, you know, repeat last year's success? Uh, leadership. <laughs> it's simple. That's just, it's just leadership. I think this group is, our attention to detail isn't very good. So I think that those guys need to continue to find a way or find a way to corral that. And, and it's, it's going to be on them. It's on everybody. It's right. on 32 of these guys that we have out here this year. And I think Steven and those guys need to kind of get in there and make sure that we're kind of heading on the right path. Because right now we lack a little bit of that. But I think that's those, those guys' roles. And I think a few of them understand that. Mm. It's just they're just trying to find their way and their footing. Yeah, I mean, guys in leadership roles have different ways of being a leader, whether that's through example or through their voice, making sure your teammates are doing the right thing. But there's no doubt Southeastern is going to have to have some leadership this year. I mean, with the success y'all have had, it comes pressure, and pressure is a privilege. Knowing the country is going to be playing with a bigger target on their back than the fire in 2023, how will Southeastern baseball respond to that privilege? Play baseball. We don't Play care. baseball. Yeah, that's, our, our vocabulary never has – we don't talk about back-to-back. -back. We don't talk about last year's team. We don't talk about anything else besides mm -hmm. the fact that we just are who we are and we're going to play our style of baseball. And it's, it's a welcome pressure, right? You'd rather have this pressure than everybody thinking they just come in and beat up on you. Right. Uh, and we, we want the challenge, but it's, it's just we're going to go play baseball. We don't talk about other things. We just talk mm -hmm. about how we can get better inside of our frame and our framework of what our team's doing. And we don't worry about it. If you want to come beat us, come beat us. It is, it is what it is. <laughs> we're going to line it up. And if you beat us, you beat us. If, then we'll find a way to get better. Yeah, in the age of baseball analytics, you make it sound so simple. You know, go play nine innings, get 27 outs. You know, obviously, there's more that goes into it than that, but that is what y'all do. And nobody's done it better since you took over the Southeastern baseball program in 2017. Uh, before that, it, Southeastern was a good program at the NCCAA level, but it never taken any steps uh, in the NAI as far as you know, making it to the last World Series game or much less winning it. Uh, it's safe to say that you, you have turned it into a powerhouse program winning in 2018. You had an immediate impact. What were a couple of things to build a program with success so quickly and be able to maintain it? And the pyramid of it is you got to find the right players to buy into what we're doing. I mean, not only as a program, but an institution. Um, you got to have the backing from administration. You got to have the players that need to buy in when they get there and the coaching staff that can help you achieve that goal that I'm very blessed to have coaching staff that I have right and so th those guys help build it but obviously at the end of the day you know I think people look at us from the outside looking in just thinking that we just get a bunch of really good players I don't think they realize how much we develop our guys and how much effort we put into building our guys now we do get really good players <laughs> too but we develop them when they get in the door as well and I think that should the sustainability of it is finding really good players making sure they understand what we're doing and how we're building it and then building up on their talents and their God-given ability and making them better while they were here yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that I, when I've talked to you know, other coaches and players at Southeastern, something that they make an impact on or make a, an impact statement is we want to build great athletes, yes, and we want to go and have success, but you want to have guys brought in and have them be good young men because you can have great players. You can bring in all the great players. You can bring in the best 
you know, 32 guys in the country from the NAI team. If those guys don't gel well, if those guys don't have the right leadership and come together and, and play team baseball and have that good energy in the dugout, one, it's not going to be fun. If you're with the, I mean, if you're going and beating everybody, yeah. But at some point, having the right energy, having that mindset of we're down six nothing, the opening round, about to go, about to go in the lose bracket immediately, no pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that it all starts with. Like I said, find a style of kids to buy into. Obviously, man, we want guys that are going to trust in what we're doing in our faith, that are going to be winners in every little phase that we do. And a lot of that leads over to that if we're having guys live their life Christ-like, it's going to kind of build over into positive. It's going to breed positive. Absolutely. And, and negative breeds negative. We talk about it between the classroom and everything else we do. There's direct correlations and doing things the right way, and that leads to catching breaks and doing things the right way. People think that I would say, you got to catch breaks. No, I think you make and take your own breaks. Like you make them happen, right? You make right. and break your own luck. We make our own luck. And that happens with doing things right along the way. Obviously, do you have everybody that always does everything the right way? No, but we push to make sure that our guys are doing everything right before we get on the baseball field. Absolutely. You know, you talked about earlier, you know, it's obviously not a, a one-man one show. You can't do it all, all by, by yourself. And you have you, you brought in two excellent assistant coaches, and Eric Dahl and Mike Mendoza, both assistant coaches of, of the year. You know, what is it about those two guys that have made them about – uh, be be two of the best assistants in college baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's different dynamics, right? They all bring different things to my personality. I'm a very strong-willed, kind of in-your-face personality. <laughs> you? No, never. Yeah, so <laughs> you got Eric, and a lot of people don't realize that you know, Eric's been with me since the start. Right. I'm, a, I'm pretty much the only guy he's ever worked for. He had one-year break when I came down here, mm. um, but he was with me. I think we've been to six World Series together, a couple at Sterling and a couple here. Um, he kind of counteracts my in your face personality <laughs> and kind of handles it and brings it back to earth and then obviously along the way I hired uh, we had coach Susie before that's our head coach at El Paso mm. uh, helped us win the first one then honestly we were going out with Faulkner so much in recruiting I got tired <laughs> of going out with coach Mendoza so I hired him um, <laughs> and so he's one of the best recruiting guys in the country and he does an unbelievable job relating to the players yeah. and, and kind of finding different ways and we we don't just cookie cut the way we approach and teach our guys um, he has been a huge element as far as hey man this is how this guy works and we just kind of train each guy and, and handle each guy differently with you know different type of gloves for every player and, and coach Mendoza and coach Dahl kind of bring that to me and say hey this is how we can handle it mm -hmm. now they're both really good at what they do so I kind of this has been a great lately I've just been able to hand off responsibilities and yeah. they crush it absolutely I'd, I'd say that they've been crushing it for yeah. sure uh, hopefully we'll get to see you guys cr crush some home runs and some big competition very early on yeah. in the 2023 season you have Two great uh, challenges hosted by NAI Ball with the East-West Challenge and the Cajun Collision. You're going to be taking on some teams like CMU and LC. You know, what, what are you looking for to see from your guys early on, especially the newer guys? Go compete. <laughs> uh, go compete. I think when I made this schedule, I didn't realize how dumb I was. It was one of the best <laughs> schedules in the country. Yeah. Um, and so we were looking at it. I think for us, I thought it was something we needed to do. Yeah. I think we needed to do it. We needed to go figure out how those guys can handle it early. And if you get beat, you get beat. Um, but I'm excited to see how they do. And I think from a lot of those guys, and I think you know that we get a lot of these kids that will transfer back from a lot of these Division ones that played every day. Right. And they don't know what NAIA baseball is. And this is a good opportunity for a show right off the gate. Hey, baby, better show up or you're going to get beat. Uh, absolutely. Something you talked about the Division one guys, you know, maybe not knowing what NAI is and NAI baseball is. I think the NAI has caught up as a whole to, you know, that Division two level across the board in athletics. But as far as the NAI, and we can even look more specific and, like, look at the Sun Conference because we are going to talk about that a little bit more in the, the competition in this wonderful conference. Where is it compared to your, you know, higher Division two or lower Division ones? 
It's the same as Division Two. There ain't, there's no difference in the end. It's exactly the same. You put us out there with any Division Two, it's the same, if not better, than a lot of them. Absolutely. Right? And that's just it. And I think people understand that. And we're better than a lot of Division Ones. I know what people say, and I've said it in other things out there. There's obviously, I mean, we're not talking about the SECs of the world right. and stuff like that, but there's a lot of Division Ones out there where we have kids transfer from them that played every day. They can't play for us. <laughs> and people don't don't get that when they get in. These kids, have, you know, go out and start 50 games, and some of these Division Ones come here, and they can't get on the field. Mm. Um, and so it, we we're, we feel very fortunate to have the athlete, uh, athletes that we have and the players that we have. But it's a higher level. You think obviously, I think the difference in the NAI is your top is better than a lot of Division Two, Division One, and then your bottom is is there's a drop off right from top to bottom. Right. That's where the NAI goes a little bit. So you know, your 200 team is completely different than. One. Yeah, I talked with Coach Buck, the new softball coach over at Weber a couple weeks ago, and he said the same thing. You know, those top 50, you compare the top 50 Division II softball programs, the top 50 NAI softball programs, and it's the same for baseball. I mean, it's it's the same, but once you start looking you know, down, you start getting to the depth, uh, not not so much the case. But we can talk <laughs> about a, a, a conference that has plenty of depth and plenty of talent right here at the top. Yeah. Coach Sun Conference is the best conference in the NAI, in, in my opinion, and I that's something I've shouted from the rooftop since episode one all the way up into now. We've come a long way since then. But, you know, what, what's that grind like of playing in the Sun Conference? I'll say this. I've been in the start of my seventh year, and obviously I've coached in another conference in the NAI and the KCAC. Play. And I used to be the guy out there. It was like, it ain't as good as people say until I came down here. Yeah. It's completely different than everywhere else. There's really no – there's off weeks in some of the right. other places you do. Then there's no off weeks. Yeah. Um, you just that's, – that's the grind. I tell people, like, it isn't that – it isn't that our, you know, our sixth team is going to go win every other league. It's just they're a lot better than everybody else's sixth team. And some teams, obviously, you've got conferences catching up and the Appalachian and, and stuff like that. But it's for sure the best conference in the country. And, heck, we just keep dwindling, but we keep all the good baseball ones. Yeah. Um, and so there really, really is no rest. Um, but it's, it's, I think it prepares us for the postseason because you sit there and continue to play at a high level. But it's, it, there is no debate that it's the best conference in the country. It's no debate. Absolutely, and you talked about being able to prepare you. I mean, playing in the conference and playing, you know, Weber one weekend, then you got to go to West Palm Beach the next, Miami Garden the next weekend. How does that prepare you for, you know, going to opening rounds and then going and playing elite competition in Lewiston? I'll say it, and I'll say it over again. Obviously, I've been very fortunate enough. I'm on the committee to help select the teams um, to get in the postseason, and uh, I'll say this. Our conference tournament is harder than any regional I've ever been in. Absolutely. And it's not even close. Absolutely. I mean, it's not even on the same planet, right? Trying to get through our conference tournament and get there. And that's why we play the schedule we're playing early is because I know the grind we're going to have late. And But, yeah, I think it's, it helps you get in the regional because you actually feel like a little bit like I could breathe a little bit. You ain't fully breathing because obviously that two seat, three seat can still come right. up there and sleep on beach you. But, like, you're not playing Weber, which ends up in the <laughs> World Series in the first round if you're a one seed sometimes. You're like, why am I playing that team, right? You don't, you're not getting that in a regional. We're in our conference tournament. It's our – fifth place team could end up in the World Series, which happens. Absolutely, yeah. We've, we've seen it happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something I, that I've been sitting on and thinking thinking to myself about a take, I've been ready and I'm ready to fire it off. I I would not be surprised at all if we see three Sun Conference teams in Lewis in this year. I think last year you take Weber and maybe put them in a different regional. We could have seen that. Uh, I think y'all, Weber, Southeastern Weber will be right up there. And then you have St. Thomas, Kaiser's. Uh, you know, Kaiser lost a lot. They reloaded. You know, who are some teams uh, that you have circled, you know, specifically in the conference that, that you're looking at having great years? All of them. Smart I answer. Honestly, great I think, answer. I think a team that I think is going to be undercover, I don't think people realize, would be Zave Maria. Yeah. I think they're going to be better than people think. I think we can't have that answer for St. Thomas. They're good every year. Right. Right? Kaiser's good every year. Weber's obviously becoming 
completely different if they're a World Series team powerhouse. Warner's had really good years in the last couple of years, and I think the team you got to pay attention to is Ave, right? Yeah. Um, I think that people forget about how good they're going to be, but if you look at the roster they brought in and the j- uh, job that Mike's done, I think they're going to be really good, and people don't not fall asleep on them. Yeah, and we've seen in the conference tournament just a couple of years ago, I believe it was at US, USCB, I think it was a year or two before I got to Weber, uh, a five seed uh, went and won, won the conference tournament, right? Six. Thomas, six seed. Thomas won it as a six, and then I think USCB played us in the championship game, and actually they we couldn't beat them that year. We just ended up playing well <laughs> in the tournament, but they, they dominated us throughout that year. But, yeah, they were a six seed, and I was I was upset that they were our six seed, and they ended up in our regional <laughs> as a four. I was like, what are we? why are we getting them? So, yeah, I think it's it's all of them. It's going to be a tough go. I think this year, what, there's eight teams now? Um, um, yeah, with, yes, sir, with, with USCB, with CB the, yeah, and then we're going to be losing another one after next year, and yep. you're going to have a conference tournament of, of six people. Only one's going to be left out. It's going to be – It's going to be fun. Oh, boy. Yes, sir. All right, well, Coach Dinkle, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm really excited for the 2023 season. If you have anything, uh, the mic's all yours. If not, I'm good. No, man, I appreciate everything you're doing. Yes, sir. Um, if there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Coach. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Yep. All right, I hope all of you enjoyed that interview with Coach Dinkle. Really appreciate him coming on. And also, I want to give a shout-out to my man, Donnie Smith, uh, Sports Information Director over at Southeastern. He helps me out a lot uh, with, with these Suncast interviews, going over and interviewing the Southeastern athletes. Really appreciate athletes and coaches, but really appreciate him helping me set those up. And also, thanks again to Coach Dinkle and, and the entire uh, players and staff. Got to talk with talk with them after the game watch a little inner squad with the southeastern team after i talk with all, all the coaches and everything uh, j- just a great group i mean top class group really appreciate uh everything that they do over in lakeland for suncast and uh hey you know if we're going to start previewing these teams why not start over in lakeland florida with the defending national champ uh but actually I, i'm gonna I'm check that yeah i, I want to do one thing first before we go into previewing all of the teams in the conference. I'm going to give y'all – it's kind of like – I'm not going to say it's preseason first team because if I did a preseason first team, I would really have to look at the transfers coming in. And, you know, that's just something I, I, I personally just don't know enough about these guys, put them in here. But if you say, okay, Reagan, give me uh, a lineup. G- give me a pitcher – uh, and then two or three pitchers, basically, and then a lineup to go and compete with anybody else's quote unquote all stars. And these are guys that played at least last year in the Sun Conference and are returning back. You know, who, who would they be? Who, what would that group look like? So, uh, and I just kind of jotted these down off the top of my mind. You know, that's straight up what, what I want to do. I asked myself the question who, who would those, uh, you know, 11, 12 guys be that I, I would ask to suit up for the Sun Conference quote unquote all star? Team, not that of course. It's just a preseason first team uh, a lineup that I, I I personally would send out. And not gonna lie, I kind of put this together just off the top of my head, so I might be leaving a guy or two out here. And I'll go. I'm gonna go back and look at this more. But you asked me to give you a starting pitcher, first guy on the mound. It's got to be Rob Adams. You got to send Rob out there. Preseason first team All American was incredible for Southeastern throughout all of last year. We'll go with Rob. Okay, for next next one, I'm going to go with another starting pitcher because I'm going to go two starters and one reliever. And I'm going to go to the boys in the bab. I'm going to pick on my boys in the bab. Give me X, man. Give me Xavier Rodriguez. X, he's the first pitcher I called a game for at Weber. He'll be the first guy I call a game for tomorrow night uh, for the 2023 season. He'd be the second uh, guy to be putting on the mound. 
and then for a guy to close it out, I got to go Dawson Young, man. Uh, you know, just straight up numbers-wise, was he the best guy? Maybe not in the, in the conference. But down the stretch, there was not a better pitcher in the country coming out of the bullpen. I mean, during their postseason run, I don't have it right in front of me, but I believe it was something like 29 in the third innings and one earned run, somewhere around 23, 27 strikeouts or something like that. I mean, Dawson was – he turned a corner. Uh, not, I'm going to say turned a corner. That's not the right, that's not the right phase, uh, phrase. It's uh, – he found his next – he took the next step uh, last year, and he's found his groove. And we're going to get all into the, the Warrior uh, baseball team and why they're going to do pretty, pretty good this year. Uh, as far as the lineup looks like, DH, pretty easy decision. You got to go Gary Laura, again, out of Southeastern. Uh, behind the plate, Zach Mauser out of Kaiser. Uh, across the infield, first base, I'm going to go Stephen Cullen from Southeastern. Second base, if I go bat, if I go just purely off of bat, it's Chris Scholler. And if it's off of glove, it's Luis Acevedo from Weber. But I would probably lean more towards Chris just because, I mean, he, he, he is a weapon with the bat. And he has a good glove too. I, I just think Louis has one of the best infield gloves in the NAI, probably one of the best in the Sun Conference. Uh, speaking of great gloves in the Sun Conference, the other middle infielder got to go Isaac Nunez over at Southeastern. Uh, we'll go third base, power bat, great friend of the program, Robin Fernandez over, down in St. Thomas. Outfield's where I got a little bold and, and went uh, some different routes with some different guys because there are a lot of good outfielders from last year that are no longer in the Sun Conference. So uh, I, I'm going to go with the freshman of the year, Jose Gonzalez. I'm going to go Matt DeLay Jr. and Thomas. He was a great, great, great. Excuse me, if I said Jose Gonzalez, I meant Ave Mar Jose Gonzalez, Ave Maria. I, might, I don't know why I think I said St. Thomas. But Jose Gonzalez from Ave Maria, then Matt DeLay Jr. from Thomas University. Uh, both young guys are going to have great careers in the Sun Conference. And then I'm going to finish out with Drake Dubiansky. Drake had a rough start to the year. Uh, he – was in and out of the lineup for the Warriors, but when the switch hitter got going uh, right after the Kaiser series, he really turned it around for the Warriors, and he was a big reason for the postseason push that they had. And if they're going to repeat the success in Babson Park, I think Drake's a big reason, both with his glove and with his his bat. You look back uh, against Warner last year. Warner hit – I can't remember who was at, play, at the plate, but it was at Warner. And I think they had two, two guys on, and there was a ball hit – into the gap with two outs late late on and drake makes makes an incredible diving catch he did that all throughout the postseason uh especially up in lewiston and he, he did a great job great job there and he doesn't make that catch in lake wells you know weber may not even get to lewiston uh, just the way the conference tournament tournament went last year so those are the guys i, I would send out uh again i'm sure I'm, I'm missing guys and if we add in everybody that that's transferring in that that's a whole nother can of worms because you got you you look at you know teams like Weber who have brought in some excellent transfer bats and arms. You see Kaiser who is re. We're gonna get into Kaiser more. So I'll say this: I get Kaiser lost a lot. Kaiser probably lost more than anybody besides maybe Southeastern. As long as Kaiser University is located in what West Palm Beach, Florida, they're going to be able to recruit. We'll get into that later. But for now, we are going to start in Lakeland, Florida. We're going to start with the man we just talked to, Adrian Dinkle, 
and the number one team in the nation, Southeastern Fire. This is going to be the easiest team for me to tell you all about. We know what they did last year. They were extremely good last year. Now, they've lost a lot, a lot of bats. They, they brought back Cullen at first base. They brought back Laura at DH, Nunez at shortstop, Rob Adams at starting pitcher. Three of those four guys are all Americans, and Nunez, I'd imagine he's, he ain't too, too far off from, from getting in there. And, yeah, you know, they, they, they lost Fuentes. They, they lost Guada. They lost this. They lost that. They didn't replace these guys. They didn't. They didn't go out and replace. They reloaded. They have reloaded in Lakeland. They brought Yes, they have brought in 11, 12 Division I guys. Don't believe it. Go look at the roster. Go look at the roster. Go look at who they brought in. These aren't guys that, that are, oh, we just couldn't play. Oh, these are – no, these are great players. I, and, obviously, I don't get to do this for every team, but I got to go and watch an inter-squad. I got to watch two teams play inter-squad, Weber – and I got, got to see Southeastern. I got to see Southeastern play an inner squad the other day. I was looking at guys up and down like, who, who is this? Who is that? I mean, Josh Pagazzo is going, probably going to be uh, in center field for him. He hit a double off of the, the, the big black fence in left center field. Any other place in the conference, it's gone. A little bit, he gets just a little more under it. It, it was, would have been out of there. They have absolute monster, two monsters coming, coming in from Oklahoma. Jose Ortiz will be behind the plate. Chase Bryant played for him yesterday. He'll probably, uh, you know, he might do, do a little DH, probably be behind the plate as well. I saw Chase hit one. I was just casually 415 center field, no problem. <laughs> and he, Nick, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Nick, Nick Winklemeyer. Winklemeyer, there it is. Nick, Nick Winklemeyer. He, yeah, he casually hits a grand, grand slam in her squad. Nothing unusual. So, what I'm saying is, folks are going to be – are they going to be the same as last year? Are they going to go 59-4? and four? Probably not. I'd imagine if you got if you put a gun to my head and say, Reagan, pick over under four and a half losses for Southeastern, I'd probably take over. I wouldn't go much over, though. I, I, I think this could very well be another team that has single-digit losses at the end of the year. I mean, that – uh, if you said over under nine and a half, I, I would take the under. I'm not a gambling podcast or anything like that, but hey, <laughs> they're going to be just as good. The arms, I, that's that's what I want to see. I, I want to see where the arms are at early on in the year, or at least once we get into conference play, we'll start to see it more. But they have Rob Adams. There's no Drew Gillespie, but <laughs> if I if I had to guess, they brought in some pretty good players. They are a question mark, though. We, we, we are, I am assuming this a little bit. Could it go wrong in Lakeland this year? Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they have a lot of new pieces. It can. Do I think it will? I, I think there's pretty good – I think there's a better sh shot at snow coming down here. Now, will they repeat as national champs? I, I, I don't know about that. I don't think they're thinking about that. Y'all just listen to Coach Dinkle. They're not thinking about repeating at national champs. They're thinking about going and getting that – the next inning taken care of, next game. I got some big ones coming up, too. I'll be there live in Lakeland for the East-West Challenge, doing a bunch of content for them, St. Thomas, Kaiser. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. So, where am I at with Southeastern? Would it? I, would I be more surprised if they missed out on Lewiston than one? Probably, yeah. I think they'll be right back there. Will they win it? I don't know. I, I, 
I, I don't know. I would I would say, yeah, they are the odds-on favorite in the NAIA right now. I would say if you think anybody has a better shot than them coming into the year, I'd have to disagree with you respectfully. Uh, I don't know how you look at this team, and if you are – uh, if, if you believe that the talent that they have brought in is going to produce on the field, which I think there's that's a good possibility, then, yeah, they're going to be right back. But let me tell you who the number one team in the Sun Conference has got to be – in the NAI has got to be worried about. And it's in the Sun Conference. And y'all know who I'm talking about. It's the boys. Duh, boys in the bab. Look, if y'all are new, y'all – I assume you, you, all of you know I go to Weber, do Weber games and all that. I do a good job keeping bias out. I do. You know, plain, simple, say whatever you want. I keep the bias out. I've done a better job of it than last year. Now, if you ask some St. Thomas uh, baseball players, I'm sorry. I did get a little excited. I got a little excited in the regional. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got excited during the regional. I got a little hyped up, but I can't help it. Because when the boys in the bab are buzzing, so am I. Those are my guys. Those are uh, – Suncast isn't here without Weber baseball, period. So, I, I'll always l- love my boys. And with all that being said, everything I'm about to tell you is objective opinion. I, there is no subjectiveness to it. This is dead, honest, correct opinion on Weber baseball – doesn't matter if I attended Florida, Georgia, Warner. This is what I think of Weber, okay? Coach Colin Martin's a very smart man. I'm going to say that just get, get, just get it started. Coach Colin Martin, as I'm sure many of you know, has big league experience. He, he has helped out with the Phillies organization. He learned under the, one of the greatest managers in Major League Baseball history and Charlie Manuel. Why am I saying this? Because I found out how smart he was this offseason. So, look, with Weber, obviously I'm going to be able to see things and know things more about Weber baseball than other teams. I wish I could get to know the other teams better. As a student-athlete, it's impossible. I got to see, see this team last year go from a good team to now this offseason or into the postseason, I got to see the difference between a good team and a team that can win the World Series. Weber wasn't a team that could win the World Series last year. They could get there and win a couple games, yes. I think that was the max. I truly, truly think that that was the max. There's nothing wrong with that, because this year that's not the case. Weber realized, and and, and Colin Martin realized, we don't have the arm depth. We have the top-end arm talent. We got to get more depth. Not only do we need more depth in the pitching staff, we got to get more depth in the lineup. They had two objectives. Now, I, this is not something I've asked, asked Colin. This could be – I'm sure he had more objectives than this. But for me personally, I looked at where baseball said, I need to see two things this offseason to take you from a team that can go to Lewiston to a team that can win it in Lewiston. Elite pitching to come in to add to Dawson out of the bullpen and X – and Dylan Martin on the mound. Can we go and do that? Yes, they did. They did. Weber did. 
They've brought in two excellent junior college transfers in Blaine Hunter and Ivan Martinez, and I cannot wait to see them play. What do they throw? I have no idea, and I'm not telling any of y'all, so don't, don't even ask, ask me about it. So I think they are going to be tremendous additions to this, as well as depth in the bullpen and the development of young players in the bullpen because, hey, he's got a great staff. He has got a great, great staff and is able to develop these young pitchers, not to mention – a guy that could have made Weber this that that team that had an extra arm that had another elite arm, Seth Lovell, he's back. Now he's not all the way back. He'll be back later on in the year. But he was a guy that was an excellent pitcher for Bethune Cookman a couple years ago. Unfortunately, some injuries missed all of last year. Had Tommy John surgery, but he's coming back. He's looking good. He's looking good. My boy Seth's looking good. The pitching is going to be great in Babson Park this year. Weirdly enough, my question is this lineup now. Because the lineup was clutch. One of the most clutch lineups in the NAI. When it came down to it, when it was time to, to get rolling, and you had to make, make a run and leave no doubt when your arms are shot in your bullpen and you got to unload the clip right now, they did it. They did it against St. Thomas to get it at Lewis, and they did it multiple times uh, in the World Series against Gwinnett, against uh, uh, Van uh, Hopin, or who was it? Westmount. But let's be frank. Take Kenny Rodriguez off the team last year. That team's not making it to Lewiston. That team may not even make it to Miami Gardens for a regional. That's just the brutal answer. Hey, said I was going to be objective. That's the truth. In the regular season, Kenny was massive for us. Now, we saw guys step up, because don't forget Kenny Rodriguez also went one for 20 in Lewiston. So don't forget about that. This lineup did, has done great things against elite pitching, and it is back. Now, minus Kenny, this is the same guys that most of, most everybody has seen, plus two really good outfielders that are going, going to fill in with uh, one, for, uh, one for Kenny and then another one that's most likely going to be starting in the outfield in Jake Johnson and AK uh, for for Weber. Drake will still be in center field, infield. Look, everything will most likely be the same. Could we see changes? Possibly. Um, not at all to the right side. The right field, the infield, um, you know, barring injury, it's going to be Angel. It's going to be Louie. Right side, most likely you're going to see Richard and Ty. We've talked about the pitching, and then I believe Weber has one of the best catcher duos in the country in Josh Blackmore and Tommy Diaz. They're going to that they know how to control a, a pitching a game uh, with their pitcher. But I mean, you know, at this point, I, it, in the Sun Conference, everybody can do that. I mean, everybody from the top to the bottom of the conference can do that. But Weber's going to be special this year, y'all. And. <laughs> I, w I would be a little surprised to not see him in the World Series, yeah. You know, I mean, I think with them it matters a little bit more, um, you know, where that opening round is at. I mean, if they got to go play LC, I think that's, you know, it's like, I mean, that's a tough regional, but I don't see that happening uh, at all. I think Weber will consistently be a top ten program for the remainder of, of the year. Uh, you know, quite frankly, I think they are better than St. Thomas. Uh, coming into this year, I think they'll be better throughout the year. I know that the polls don't agree with that. Well, I don't agree agree with them. Fine. <laughs> but we will move on to St. Thomas. Again, Coach Jorge Perez's side, of course, 
Coach Perez, he celebrated his 500th career win last year. Uh, he, he's obviously built that built a great program in Miami Gardens. Look, we know how last season ended for for St. Thomas. They got a regional that many people thought was favorable for them. Uh, McPherson and Middle Georgia State shouldn't be a problem. Weber beat them all year. Took care of them in the conference tournament twice. Uh, took care of them in the regular season. Not a problem, right? Well, wasn't so much the case. Um, obviously, amazing games played in that Miami Gardens regional. The walk-off with Ian Cowman hitting the sack fly. And then uh, the last game, we don't need to take that trip down memory lane. We all remember how that happened. But just in case you didn't, it was a close game until Weber broke it, up, broke it open in the top of the ninth. Uh, I think we scored nine runs. I might be wrong, but pretty sure it was nine. Uh, but for St. Thomas, they are going to remember that. I promise you they are going to remember that. And they, I, they are going to play a little bit harder against Weber than they will everybody this year. That's just good old sports psychology for, for everybody taking that class along with me. <laughs> they, have, they lose a lot. You know, they, 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 they lost Valdez, uh, they, his contact, one of the best contact bats in, in the Sun Conference. He, he had a lot of speed. Of course, the big loss is behind the plate. One of the best catchers, Andrew Fernandez, uh, he's not there anymore. Let him in, in home runs and RBIs with 14 and 66. Um, they also lost Jack Cawley. And the thing that really separated St. Thomas last year was that bullpen. And they lost a lot, lot of that, too. And they got to replace it. Jose Machado, Richard Sanchez, Gio Soto, Joel uh, Rev Rivero, they're all out of Miami Gardens. Um, they were part of a stout, stout bullpen. Um, they've also lost their be best pitcher in Chris Koipel. They do return a good bit of the lineup, though. Um, you know, that's something to, to hang your hat on if you are a St. Thomas fan. Uh, they, they are going to have a, another great lineup. They return everybody in that infield besides, um, b besides Jack. Uh, uh, third base, Robert Fernandez will be right back. Chris Scholler. Jose Rangel, they'll all be back. The, the outfield uh, it beat guys that played last year as well. Most likely Carrada, Garcia, and Thompson. Can't guarantee that. I could move around a little bit for St. Thomas, but that's most likely what it's going to be. The big thing for St. Thomas this year is can they replace that bullpen depth? That made them elite. I'm sure that they will be able to go and recruit because, let's be honest, it's not hard to recruit here in Florida, especially if you're St. Thomas or a, or a Kaiser. You can just say, hey, we're in South Florida, or right by the beach, beautiful weather year-round. One of the easiest things to, to do with to, to recruit with uh, in the Sun Conference. St. Thomas, I put them in, in the same, same boat as Weber. Um, and you know what? I'm going to start doing that. Let me go ahead and start categorizing the, these teams. I thought, thought, I thought about that idea earlier, and now, now I'm going to uh, go ahead and do it now that we're 22 minutes into uh, previewing. So you obviously got Southeastern. Southeastern's in a league in their own look. Until uh, uh, otherwise noted, they are the best team in the country. They are the pick to repeat. They are the pick to win uh, the conference most likely. Until they get knocked off their – throne i'm a big believer once you sit on the throne somebody's got to knock you off of it now they start losing games obviously that changes southeastern they're in their own own, own deal i then put it into my next category and i'll put that as teams 
I would not be surprised if they won the World Series this year. Weber and St. Thomas are both in there, in that category. This next team we're going to talk about is that they're either in this category or a category of their own, and they're the Kaiser Seahawks. Would I be surprised if Kaiser won the Red Banner this year? No, but it would surprise me a little bit more than if Weber, St. Thomas, or Southeastern won it, if that makes sense. Like, I expect Southeastern to w win it this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would kind of expect Weber to make a run and go win it this year. St. Thomas, same deal. Kaiser, because of the history, because of the name, yes. However, they lost a ton, man. Timmy B's out. Nate's gone. Uh, Nate Brodowski, he's out. Mason Dennison out of there. Lozado no longer in West Palm Beach. And they lose the best bullpen arm, arguably, in the NAI, definitely uh, in the Sun Conference, and Brandon McKay. They do bring they, – they bring both of their main – their two main starters back. Garrett Rise, Danny Gallivan will be back. Anthony Castello, Castellano will be there at second base as well. And they have their catcher coming back, which is, you know, huge. If you can just keep that pitcher and catcher duo, keep that chemistry, that's huge in college baseball. Zach Mauser, he's back behind the plate for the Seahawks. I think they, they will make an opening round again. It was unfortunate what happened last year. Two one-run losses. Kaiser got put in a really, really tough regional. Uh, you know, if you ask Kaiser which regional they would have rather been in, the Miami Gardens or uh, Faulkner's regional, uh, I, they'll ne I don't think they'll admit it, but I'm, I'm going to be willing to say they would have gladly swapped places with Weber. It was tough. You know, I thought they were a World Series team last year, and they lose all of this talent. How do they get back? Oh, yeah, they're Kaiser. They're in West Palm Beach. They're an extremely run athletic department. They're a great baseball program with great history. I guarantee they brought in 15 to 20 transfers, good transfers, probably about 10 of them. I guarantee it. And they are going to be right back. They are like Southeastern. They did not replace Tim Bouchard. They did not replace Nate Brodsky. They reloaded. Now, more – more with what I was saying about Southeastern earlier, I got to see it on the field first. So I put them in the category, wouldn't be surprised to win the red banner adjacent. That's a mouthful, but hey, that's what I said. Uh, I'll check with my producer, see, see if he's okay with it. Yep, just looked in the mirror, saw a nod. Yep, we're good to go. Okay. Kaiser's going to be good. I guarantee it. There's going to be names. We it's, a, it's like Southeastern. It's like, hey, we're going to know when we're going to find out who their good players are when we find out. And I'm going to say they're going to be just fine. Do I think they'll be as good as Weber and St. Thomas? I, I can't say that. And I won't say that at all until I see it. Now, if I start seeing guys batting 400 and on pace for 25 home runs, huh, then the conversation changes. But got to see it to believe it. Those are the, the four elite teams in the conference this year. Those are the four teams that are going to be ranked in the top 25 for the majority of the year and will make an opening round. Not might, will. What makes the Sun Conference so good? Why is Sun Conference the best, best conference in the NAIA? 
because they have that top-end talent and they have these teams I'm about to talk to you about that could go and beat, go, go and win probably half the conferences in the NAI, minimum half. Those teams include Ave, Ave Maria and Thomas for now. But we're going uh, Warner, uh, Warner and Flomo ain't too far behind. But we're going to stick with Ave Maria. Like you, you heard Coach Dinkle say it. Coach Dinkle said it. Hey, they're going to be good. That wasn't a name I was really expecting to, to see. I remember being a young team last year, and then I went and looked at it a little bit more. Oh, yeah, they're young. They're bringing the hash back. They're bringing the house back. They lose a couple here and there. They have got some elite young talent. Ladies and gentlemen, they're going to be good this year, and they're going to be really good in 2024 down in Naples. Coach Michael McCormick has brought in some good – see, look, he's – He's a good recruiter. He's doing a good job. He's doing a similar thing uh, to, to what Co- Coach Martin did, has done at Weber. He's done one of those not blue blood Sun Conference schools, and he's building it up. And if I could buy a stock in one team at the beginning of the year, it is the Gyrenes. Now, you say, Reagan, what about all these teams? You say, well, when? Let me uh, explain so, so, so there's no confusion. The four teams we've already talked about are going to be great. We know that. Ave Maria – they're a team who we could see get a regional that not a lot of people thought. Not a lot of people thought at all. I do think five Sun Conference teams will, will go in go, go into opening rounds this year. I think Ave Maria has got a great shot to be one of those five. They're young. They're returning the freshman of the year and Jose Gonzalez, who had 65 RBIs with 11, 11 Jimmy Jacks last year. They also bring back Tanner Kelly and Daniel Kaler. Harrison Rossi, David Leonardi. They got so many Italians in Naples. I love it. However, I got a big question for you. I got a big question for you, Abe Maria. Who's going on the bump? Who's going on the bump and pitching to Southeastern, Kaiser, Weber, and St. Thomas? That's the difference right now. Everybody else has got to answer for that. The other four teams have got to answer for who they're going to pitch against the other three. Do you? If you do, you're a top 25 team in the NAI this year, period. Talk about another young team, Thomas Nighthawks. This is the year for Tom, Tom Fleener. He said it. This was his guys uh, from a young age, or not from a young age, his guys that he got out, and it's his group. This is their year to go do it. They're a lot like Ave Maria. I had, had coach on uh, about a month or so ago when I was up in beautiful South Georgia. My question is the same, though. Where is the pitching? Who's going to pitch? Because you, you got some good good bats. Josh, ja- Josh Johnson, Matt DeLay, Turner Maddox. Those are really good hitters in this conference. Who's going to pitch to the to everybody else? I think Thomas is going to be really good. They, their their lineup will be the same, but improved. I'm sure in some ways, in some positions, they're going to be really good. I'm about to wrap it up with these, with the next couple. Warner, great year last year. Great year, great season. Who who's Warner going to be this year? Because they're not going to be the same guys same guys as last year. Flood's gone, Woosley's gone, Brown's gone, Mawini's gone, Crosby's gone. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Warner, I don't know. 
because I, I don't think that they've gone out and, you know, gotten the guys like Weber, like like Southeastern, like Kaiser have. They do bring it bring back a really nice left-handed pitcher in Noah Harsh. And then I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. And then kind of the same thing for Florida Memorial. Uh, they do they do have some, some good bats cu- coming back. Ulysses Rodriguez, uh, Luis, Luis Reyes. There are some good good players coming back, some, some, some fine players coming back for the Lions this year. Uh, it, it's not going to be the depth. And, again, I, I sound like a broken record, but there is one thing that separates the Kaiser, St. Thomas, Weber, and Southeasterns right now from the other teams, and that is pitching. Who's going to pitch for you? Who can – who from Florida Memorial, Warner – Thomas and Ave can get the best pitching because those teams are teams that have a shot of making opening round play this year. One of them. I think four spots are t- spoken for. I can. I would be shocked if the Sun Conference doesn't have four teams in opening round play. Five would be more like it. That's more what I'm thinking. And what y'all thinking? More teams. Why not six? Why not, why not everybody in the conference? What did Coach Dinkle just say? Coach Dinkle just, you heard it from the man's mouth yourselves, and there's not a tournament that he's played in harder than the Sun Conference Tournament. So why not put all six? If you make the Sun Conference Tournament, you should be in the opening round. I, I mean, hey, I don't think it's crazy, but I'm crazy, so I don't know. All right, I'm going to wrap up there. It's late. I have got I got, I got, I got, I got homework to do. I have other, other things to do. Gotta, you just got to love being a student athlete. Love it. Love it. Wish I could just sit here and talk behind a microphone and then show up and talk behind a broadcast all day. But ain't ain't the way the world works, ladies and gentlemen. So with uh, that little rant out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, it's opening day. Enjoy it. Go enjoy some baseball. Go watch it on the Sun Digital Network. You can hear me 6 o'clock. If you're listening on Friday, 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Weber Warner. It's going to be a great game. X will be on the bump. (sighs) God, it just, it's just good to be back. Gotta love, God, I just love Sun Conference baseball. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. Love y'all.